Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It is time to talk Pittsburgh Steelers football, CBS Sports Talk Radio, 100.9 FM, 1380 AM. LionNews.com is your stream on the Lion this afternoon. And we are going to talk with Brian Davis, one of the finest and a fine analyst for CBS Sports Talk Radio, with Behind the Steel Curtain. Good to have you, Brian. Great to be here, Coach Gordy. Thanks for having me. Oh, just an honor. A lovely day out. Make sure you get some exercise. We're going to look at last weekend's game between the Steelers and the Browns. And, again, you and I had agreed this was more of a statement game, whichever way it went for Cleveland as opposed to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wins it 38-7. to So we'll say Cleveland made a statement, but the wrong kind. Yeah, I was really surprised. I thought... Cleveland was going to come out motivated, looking for what they thought was revenge, and really put a lot of points on the Steelers. I predicted 38-34, to 34, I believe, and the final score ended up being 38-7, to 7, which was very pleasing to a lot of Steelers fans, but surprising nonetheless. So for me, Gordy, that just shows that the Cleveland Browns have not arrived as of yet. Where that are they? means that the Steelers did not beat the team that a lot of people thought they were, and they have not faced a true test yet. Brian, when I just asked where are they, it's even thought they don't have their quarterback yet. No. Baker Mayfield is not the guy yet. He will never be. Not a bravado, hmm. but he wilts under pressure. Sam Darnold, Cleveland could be a landing spot. Absolutely, and that's the guy that I thought they should have drafted in the first place. Is it really? Back in 2018. You thought he would have been a good fit for Cleveland and doing okay? Yeah, I, I really think that Sam Darnold is a fantastic quarterback. He, he reminds me a lot of not just his situation reminds me a lot of Ryan Tannehill, who we're going to talk about in a little bit with the Tennessee Titans, in a bad spot with Miami and finally got to a system, got to a place where you're going to put some good weapons around you. Sure. And now he's thriving, and I think Darnold is in a horrible spot. And if they lose all of their games or if they get that number one draft pick, Trevor Lawrence might want to consider spending one more season 
at Clemson than to come out to the abomination that's the New York Jets. Brian, let's go through the Coach Gordy Google machine. You may be aware of this, but there was a stellar quarterback named Peyton Manning at Tennessee. He was going to come out, and his landing spot would have been the Jets, and he said, uh-uh, and he stayed at Tennessee another year. Absolutely, yeah, and i got to tell you, that was a uh, really good decision on Peyton Manning's part. Well, let's talk about, it's interesting, we'll just pause here a moment before we get more into the game. With Sam Darnold, there are some different landing spots aside from Cleveland Indy, and actually Pittsburgh's been mentioned. Yeah, Pittsburgh's always been mentioned. Juju Smith-Schuster, who played with him, Zach Banner played with him there. When I talked to Zach Banner a couple months ago, he was glowing about Sam Darnold. It would be a great situation to put him in Pittsburgh to let him... uh, you know, simmer for maybe a year or so as uh, Ben figures out what he's doing with his future. That's quite a resume you're building up for him because, again, it does come down to system, and many would think, here's a guy that's done already. Yeah, you know, it's just not about system. It's a lot about who you put around them and your dedication to building a team. It does not look like the Jets know what they're doing whatsoever. We've seen that with uh, other teams before. One of the reasons that Eli Manning did not want to go to the San Diego Chargers at the time in 2004 was because he didn't like what they were building down there. His family didn't think that it was a good spot for him, which ultimately is why Ben Roethlisberger is still being talked about today in Pittsburgh as their franchise quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger would be with the New York Giants right now, and we'd be talking about Phillip Rivers as the last Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback. Well, we're still deviating, but it is interesting how Indy is not pleased with Philip Rivers. No, it's uh, that just has not worked out, and they have actually been building a pretty good team around him. They've had some problems with injuries, but they have a really good running back, a young running back in Jonathan Taylor. They have really a need for more weapons at wide receiver, but Philip Rivers is the kind of quarterback that should be able to put that all together, and he just hasn't yet. But look out. They are in the equation right now. They are in the playoff race. They're in the top seven right now in the AFC. Anything can happen if they can put it together. Let's finish looking at this game from last week. Browns-Steelers, go ahead. i tell you what, Gordy. Like I said before, I was really surprised. The key to this was going to be stopping the running game. It was strength against strength. The Cleveland Browns did not have Nick Chubb, and apparently not having Nick Chubb really hurt them. But the Steelers are the second best in the league, very close to being the first next to Tampa Bay as far as stopping the run. And that's something we're going to look at in a moment when we talk about Tennessee, with it being strength on strength again. So the Steelers being strong against stopping the run was all they had to do. They did that, and Baker was forced to pass because he got down 24 nothing, and that run game is completely out of it. Here's the thing about that. That pick six right away from Minka Fitzpatrick completely changed the game. In my mind, I'm thinking, all right, if Cleveland is anything, they're going to rebound from this right away, and they couldn't do it. And Pittsburgh was in cruise control as soon as they hit 10 nothing. On we go. Let's go to really what many are waiting for this game. At Tennessee, Steelers, Titans, it's all yours. Clash with the Titans. Now, these two teams were supposed to play three weeks ago, as we know. It didn't happen. 
and the football world is actually pretty excited about it because now you have two 5-0 and teams. This is a five-star matchup because both teams are in it. The Tennessee Titans have the best young coach in the game of football. In fact, I think he's top five. Mike Rabel is absolutely fantastic. He is a guy that could really change the course of this game. He always has something up his sleeve. He learned from the evil genius in New England, Bill Belichick, and he also started playing with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a third-round draft pick out of Ohio State in 1997 under one William Laird Cower. So he has had some great coaches surrounding him, and he is becoming a great coach on his own. But a great coach still needs great players, and he's got them. We talked earlier about Ryan Tannehill being in a better situation. He was a good quarterback in Miami. You just didn't know it because he had nothing around him. It was always changing down there and no weapons. Sam Darnold. Yeah, exactly. Sam Darnold equals Ryan Tannehill. It's the same situation. Now Ryan Tannehill is in a situation where he can win games and he doesn't have to put everything on his shoulder. When he needs to, though, he can. That's how good they are. The number two rushing attack in the league is the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry, who is an absolute beast. But the Steelers need to slow him down. They can't stop him completely. This guy's probably going to find the end zone a couple times. That's okay. But if you don't let him run completely wild and you make Tannehill pass more, you have a better opportunity to win this game. Tannehill has two very fantastic weapons. A.J. Brown, who is limited with a knee, he should play. And Jonu Smith, who was limited last week, as a tight end, is really good as well. They are really hurting in the middle now, losing Devin Bush, I'm talking about the Steelers, to that injury. So this is something that is going to be something that you've got to watch. But the Titans had a big injury last week, another ACL on their side of the ball, their left tackle. Taylor Lewan is gone. So that means that the sack attack of the Pittsburgh Steelers might have free reign to get to Ryan Tannehill. There are so many subplots and so many narratives to this game, but I tell you what, for 60 minutes, this is going to be a five-star matchup. I cannot wait. Anything can happen, and it probably probably will. Well, we put the pressure on you. Who wins, and give us a score. All right. A couple weeks ago, I went against the Steelers, against the Texans. I not going to do that again this time. I'm scared of this game. But Pittsburgh really steps up when they have a team that they are not favored. So they are playing a team that they are not favored. The line has changed. So they're a one-point, two-point underdogs right now as we're speaking. And that's a chip on the shoulder for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another chip on the shoulder is the entire moving of this game. Eric Ebron, for instance, had to cancel his, well, not cancel, he can't go to his son's birthday party because this was supposed to be the bye week. Now he can't go whatsoever. He is an X factor because you know he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder in this game as well because, really, the Tennessee Titans did not do what they were supposed to do three weeks ago, and this is why this game was moved. They did not pay attention to the roles of the league. But, hey, that's behind us but it's not behind the Steelers. They are going to completely be thinking about this. 
They're going to come in feeling like they've got something to prove. The difference between the Steelers from past years is the fact they're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat, and they are in position to beat the teams they're not supposed to beat. That's what makes this team 5-0 and at this point, and hopefully will make this team 6-0. and I'm going to take the Steelers in this game 34-28, to but I think it's going to come down to the last few minutes of this game at Nissan Field in Tennessee. Well said, Brian Davis. Now, for our National Day, Coach Gordy will feed your tummy, and I'm going to say Brian could eat this easily. It is Boston Cream Pie Day. Ooh, I'm a Boston Cream Pie fan. For absolutely no money at all. Can you give us a decade in the 1800s in Boston at the Parker House Hotel, a French chef created this pudding and cake combination. What do you think? What decade in the 1800s? I'm going to go with the 1830s. Close. Respectable. Not a winner, but respectable. 1856. Okay, not bad. Not bad. I, I didn't want to go too late because I really, I mean, you know, Boston's been around a long time. They were partying with tea back in uh, the 1770s, so I get it. So I was thinking, you know, right around there. But now I want to go find myself a Boston cream pie. Well, I, I've done this I before. I send one to my house. We've done this with pizza as an example. When you've gone right out and gotten a pizza, I still have that picture. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I've, I'll go looking for a pie today. I think I, I might be uh, kicking in some doors to some bakeries and, and looking for Boston Cream Pie specials on Boston Cream Pie Day. And covering all types and levels of sports, 1915, Brian, we had the first National Horseshoe Throwing Championship in Kellerton, Iowa. That is absolutely cool. You know, I had never played horseshoes. And I went to a Boy Scout camp just last year as a leader. They had a leader tournament, and I won the first two games that I've ever played with a partner. Wow. That is very exciting. Yeah, i got to tell you, it's a fun game. Go Steelers. Go Steelers, my friend. Bye, Brian. See you, buddy.